For this week's podcast, we are talking to Jan Smith, the founder of the Mind Yourself app. Jan, why don't you introduce yourself? Yeah, so I am Dr. Jan Smith. I am a psychologist and CEO and founder of the Mind Yourself app, which aims to upskill workers to manage their own mental health when they're short on time through um, prevention, tools, intervention and treatment. Wow, that's a comprehensive uh, tool for anybody. Um, I mean, mental health is a hot topic these days. Um, everybody's talking about it. It's on every boardroom agenda. Um, are there common themes and challenges that businesses or organisations face with their staff in this area? Yeah, yeah, I think there is. And I think actually it's it's um, one thing that a positive outcome that has been as a result of COVID. <clears throat> Um, where we're much more aware now of workers and their experience of mental health. But I think the common themes or challenges that we're experiencing and certainly that we're seeing is um, burnout. That's probably the biggest thing. Um, people having higher levels of work-related stress, anxiety, and not feeling valued. And so although we know that a lot of people are experiencing these things, I think some of the challenges that organizations and businesses face is that staff don't feel safe to speak out and share and talk about these issues or the challenges that they're faced because the environment they work in isn't psychologically safe. So they don't feel able to take that risk and share that vulnerability. And that's a really difficult place for organizations to be in. However, it's also a really hopeful place because there's lots of things that they can do to create that environment. I mean, it's it, it, it sounds like, I mean, if the common theme is burnout, it sounds like employers aren't treating their staff well and haven't been for a while and have created a culture where people are too scared to be honest about the situation they're in. Yeah, I mean, I can see why um, you would jump to that leap. However, it's also, I think, a result of how things have been, particularly in healthcare, where, you know, we've come through a pandemic, everybody has worked excessively and in very different conditions. So they're more vulnerable to experience a burnout. There's more workload. That's another thing. So we know that that's one of the key contributors to people experiencing burnout. And also that... Um, whenever they are experiencing burnout that they don't feel able to say because people are leaving their jobs so there's not enough staff then to pick up that extra workload you know a lot of healthcare workers they have that altruistic personality trait so they want to do things to help colleagues as well so they're more likely to step in and take the workload when for themselves, they should probably step back. Is that about um, kind of in the health healthcare industry, rather like being in the armed forces or something like that? It's people who are driven to serve mm. um, and, and therefore give more potentially to their job than uh, somebody in, in a different environment. Yeah, absolutely, Andrew. And I think that's it's almost like the cost of caring. Um, so things like boundaries, um, become a really, really important part of that preventative piece, so preventing the escalation of um, experience in burnout as well. Wow. Um, 
Are there ways to identify if a member of staff might be suffering from a mental health issue? I mean, you know, you've used burnout as an example. Is it is it is it obvious to spot that in a person? Mm. I mean, I think we can't really talk about how we might identify this in a member of staff without um, talking about the stigma involved in mental health that continues, I think, particularly for some industries more than others. Um, can you identify burnout? We're more likely to talk about feeling stressed, feeling burnt out, because socially those are more acceptable terms. Whereas I think um, asking someone, do you experience symptoms of anxiety or low mood or depression? That's probably where we get into the more stigma place. Um, but we also know that anyone who is experiencing burnout or higher levels of compassion fatigue, it's going to mean that they're more vulnerable to experiencing things like vicarious trauma in their work or things like moral injuries. Wow. Um, it's, it's quite, uh, there's quite a lot to, to cover there. Um, and, and so it's kind of your understanding of this that has uh, kind of encouraged you to create your, your own app to try and deal with this in some way. Um, how have you been able to help people with the Mind Yourself app? Yeah, so the Mind Yourself app, um, what we've done after a huge amount of evaluation work is we have um, what lots of workers say to me is um, that they're short on time. So part of that prevention is upskilling workers to manage their own mental health when they're short on time. So things that they can do in under 5, 10, 15 minutes or longer. So in between consultations or in between writing notes, there are things that people can do when they're walking down the corridor. Um, so very, very practical ways. I mean, it, even within dentistry, medicine, nursing, we don't, we're not very good at teaching people how to manage their own mental health and prepare them to begin work in a potentially challenging environment. Um, so our prevention um, tools really focus on upskilling workers across a number of industries to manage that. And then within the situation section in the prevention, then it coaches them through specific situations that they might encounter, like firsts, the first time you might encounter a um, client that is difficult to manage, um, things like that. Uh, so that's what we've really, really focused on. And we're just about to launch the next bit, which is peer to peer program. So that's supporting people to reach out to their own peers, but also reach in. So you have a mechanism on there where you can say, I'm concerned about a colleague. I'm concerned about a family member or friend. And um, I'd just like some advice on how to manage and support them better. Is part of this the, the the kind of the cultural challenge of kind of educating people within organisations that it is okay to talk about this before you get to the practical tools and steps that you can take? Um, you have to convince staff, the workforce, that it's okay to talk about it at all. 
Yeah, I mean, I think we could probably do a whole separate podcast mm. on that. <laughs> um, yeah, so we we um we very deliberately made the decision early on that we would sell the app to organizations and not individuals. I don't know if if naive is the right word, Andrew, but it was very much with a view that um, organizations were going to gift this to their workers to begin to have that conversation or proactively take steps to create cultures and, and make a difference to people's mental health. Because while this is a, a bottom-up intervention, so it gives the individual it's also not negating that there are also systemic and team and cultural issues within organisations that need to be addressed. So do, so do organisations accept the fact that this is there, there is a need? Um, and, and equally importantly, I think, do they accept the fact that there is they have a requirement to deliver something to support their staff in this way? I think it, that's probably two separate issues. So I think they accept that there's a need, but I don't necessarily, I think it's variable. Some organizations do it brilliantly, whereas other organizations don't necessarily accept that there's a need, which is why we um, also look at the organization's KPI. So if that's there's a high level of staff turnover, then what we do is we go in and we look at their KPIs in a way to tag those on to address those. So it's about working with individual organizations to see what their needs are, where the difficulties are that they have within their organization and workforces and try and address those in some way. So what we can do is we can't track individual data, but what we can do is pull collective themes that organizations and individuals using the app might encounter. So we then can go back to an organization and say, these are the psychosocial risk hazards that your workers are experiencing. And this is what we then do to try and address some of these. And that's the beauty of us having, you know, a team of 40 plus psychologists, therapists and coaches behind us, where we can go in and do that more system wide work as well. So he's saying that this isn't a kind of templated system that one 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 size fits all, and you know whatever company you are, you can just plug in and play. Um, it's it's kind of has to be tailored to each organisation that you talk to. Yeah, I mean, I think it goes back to um, your first question on common themes and challenges. Yeah, there are common themes and challenges we see across organisations. However. We know that some organizations, even between neighboring trusts, they have quite specific challenges. And so, yeah, there's things that we do and go in and support them specifically. Wow. Okay. So we've been talking a lot of, like on a business level. Um, let, let's go to a more individual level. So what advice can you give to a person who is worried about their mental health? So let's picture me in an organization and I'm you know I'm worried about something. You know, what should what should I do? Yeah. Um I think there there's probably two things really quickly that you can do. First of all, it's having that self-awareness to know. So when does my usual amount of stress or my usual amount of how I'm feeling tip over into something else? And it's having that self-awareness to be able to catch, you know, I, 
preferably before you tip over into something else, but when you might be escalating. So first of all, it's having that self-awareness. <clears throat> what I would also say is, I mean, I call it a truth buddy. So it's having one person in your life. It doesn't have to necessarily be work, but really clearly having that one person where whenever they ask you, how are you, that you are able to give a truly honest answer um, and being able to do that. So you have that person that you can have that honest conversation with whenever you need it. I think that's a difficult conversation to have to anybody, but I understand the, uh, uh, you know, I understand, I understand the value of that. Um, is there a certain mental health challenge that affects people more than others? You know, that is there a, one that affects most people, as it were? Yeah, I mean, I think what we're definitely seeing is more increased rates of anxiety across people. That's probably the biggest thing. So we know that. There's over 900,000 people that have work-related either stress, anxiety, or depression um, that's specifically related to work or a work-related issue. And the challenge with that is they fall into that sort of mild to moderate mental health. So they don't necessarily reach the criteria for clinical intervention or service provision. Um, so that's where our app is really, really trying to support people then in that space where they can get some form of support, some form of treatment that they don't reach that higher clinical level. Okay, so so it's it's a kind of your 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 approach is kind of to prevent escalation to to a more serious. Yeah, for sure. And I mean, you may not even be aware that you're anxious. So it might be that you start to avoid things. It might be that, um, you know, you notice that sort of feeling of dread a bit more. So it might be, you know, everybody experiences that at some point throughout their career. But if that is more consistent, it might be that you are feeling really overwhelmed. So what I often say to people is if you're unsure, does your response to a situation match how the situation should be? So for me, there's never, there's no such thing as an overreaction. If you have a bigger response to the situation, that's usually telling you that there's something else going on there. Wow, okay. Um it's been some very interesting insights that you shared and, and I think it'd be reassuring for lots of people but at the same time um, people will think there's some difficult questions sometimes that need to be had and, and actually um, <clears throat> you know a, a sense of empathy of people around you that you think might be in yeah. that kind of situation. I think mm -hmm. my, my final question about this is um, can empathy be learned? Yeah um, I think there's naturally empathic people but yeah we also know that empathy can be um taught so empathy can be yes it can be a feeling or really but it can also be a verb it can be a doing thing you can teach people to actively listen you can teach people how to respond so you can do a range of things 
to help people feel held and safe and secure whenever they are having those perhaps more vulnerable conversations. And yes, that's something that totally can be taught. Right. So everyone's got everyone's got something to learn out of all of this. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's fantastic. And, and what I would say is just ask the question. Ask the question, how are you feeling today? And yeah, ask it twice if need be. It's good, good advice. Uh, Jan, thank you so much for taking the time to talk to us and telling thanks. us about your Mind Yourself app. Um, we're very, yeah, we appreciate your time. Thanks, Andrew.